Welcome to NFT Heat. We're bringing the top NFT thought leaders straight to you. If there's something you enjoyed on this episode, and we really hope you did, please take a screenshot of the episode and make sure to tag us on Twitter at NFT Heat. We really appreciate your support, and you are the only reason we're growing. So to help us, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll then give your review a shout-out on a future episode. Welcome, everyone, to NFT Heat. Whether you're inside the industry or new to the NFT space or an NFT OG, we're going to provide you with the necessary NFT alpha to crush. We'll bring in the top guests and deep dive into how NFTs will transform the metaverse, DeFi, and social tokens. I'm John Kraske from an executive in the design space to running an NFT company. I'm in the trenches every day, learning, growing, and seeking alpha. And this is my co-host, Justin Shankaro, from child actor to Stanford to the king of alpha. Well, I don't know about the king, maybe the prince. <laughs> well, we're, we're uh, two NFT insiders who are going to bring the top NFT thought leaders in the space to help you learn the emerging trends and opportunities each and every week in 30 minutes or less. So let's get right into it. Today's guest is the brilliant Jacob Martin, one of the brightest minds in the NFT space and the official NFT attorney overseeing many high-profile NFT projects. I actually met Jacob on LinkedIn a few months back and was immediately blown away with his knowledge and intelligence of the NFT space. He is a true thought leader in the NFT world. Jacob, welcome. Welcome to NFT Heat. We're so thrilled to have you. And we're going to just hop right into a five-question lightning round to provide some alpha for our listeners. Jacob, which Discord is a must-follow? Punk's Discord. Got to be in there. Totally. I'm in full agreement. And here's an important one. How can our listeners make five ETH this week? Clearly, this is not financial advice. The quickest way to make five ETH is probably to sell your car or maybe your house. (laughs) If you're looking to make five ETH in NFTs this week, have a lot of ETH. Pay attention to uh, Pixel Vault's drop, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, sell your car. (laughs) That's great. Love it. Jacob, what's your favorite blockchain besides Ethereum? Near. I'm wearing this hat right now. This is from Near. It says open the web. I've got a little bag of Near. I'm a big fan of the team, the people, and the uh, the quality of the devs and kind of what they're working on. Cool. Bag of Near. You heard it here first from Jacob. Who should we follow on Twitter in addition to you? Jeez, I already feel like your approach here is going to make me like in ethically hot water, which is hilarious. <laughs> On Twitter, you have to follow Punk6529. Steve, I think Steve is his name. I don't know the exact handle. He's got a golden board ape. And probably like 888 and Lupify. There's four right there. Oh, Shiny, that's five. I'll stop there. Hunter, that's six. I'm done. <laughs> Love it. Now, Jacob, this is a very important question. Why should people care about NFTs? I think the better question is probably why do the people who care about them care about them? Right? I think there's something about... The argument people give you is that they're intangible or they aren't real or they don't make sense. But at the same time, like $300,000 or $3 million worth of like a mortgage or debt also doesn't really make that much sense to, to those of us coming up in this digital era. So I think once people realize that like none of us can buy massive tangible things anyways, we may as well figure out what intangible things we can own that are actually ours. Then you'll start to realize in-game video game skins physical or digital locations that that are ownable, desirable, scarce. 
I think people should want to own them, but not to the degree that we should like beg them to want them, right? Like once it clicks in your mind, the way ownership works, you just can't come back. Sweet. That's it. That's the lightning round, Jacob. Perfect. Five out of five. That is the top (laughs) score that we've had so far on the podcast. So as the NFT attorney, obviously you should get it. Super great alpha there for all our listeners. So we got to find this out, Jacob. How did you actually become the NFT attorney? Can you talk us through that process? Yeah. So, I mean, also keep in mind, it's kind of a cheeky joke, the NFT attorney. There's no such thing as an NFT attorney. But I, you know, I often tell people I don't have 30 years of securities law experience or 30 years of entertainment experience, but I have like four or more years of smart contract experience. And I'm a lawyer, which is more or less the equivalent. There's not a lot of people who have spent this much time with smart contracts. So yeah, I I was in law school when I fell down the blockchain rabbit hole, instantly realized like Ethereum smart contracts were going to remove so much friction in every industry in the world. And was like, well, if that's going to take our lawyer jobs anyways, I guess I'll just do that and help speed that up. (laughs) So I raised some money while in law school and tried to build out a wills and trusts on blockchain. So when you die, death certificate goes in, everybody gets what they get, no reason for court. We subsequently did not succeed. That venture fell short, but it was quite the learning experience and had a couple of major banks interested in, in purchasing it. Because you know, once you get it, like I said, once you understand smart contracts and the viability, it's just hard to go back. So yeah, fell kind of face first into NFTs December 2020 and was like, oh my God, I get it. This is what I've been kind of looking for for a few years specifically. I had actually turned down some crypto punks and crypto kitties at 2017 like VC meetups in Santa Monica cuz I didn't really like cats and I wasn't that punk, right? So I just didn't take either one and uh, that was a miss on my part obviously. But yeah, once they once they caught my eye the way they did, I realized, you know what? Like this is going to be the future of everything to a degree. And I think if I work really hard and, and push myself, put myself in the right situations, I could be like one of the top or one of the few attorneys that really fully understands what's happening here quite quickly. And I don't know if anyone could have projected that me making that decision in January, February would, would have put me in the spot where I'm like one of a handful of attorneys helping like steer a $10 billion industry that's about to 10x again with gaming. So yeah, it's been uh, unexpected, but but very cool. That's awesome. Jacob, you recently took on a challenge from your Twitter followers to provide tax feedback and even launch your own tax NFT. How's that mm-hmm. going in any alpha tax feedback you can provide for NFT collectors? Yeah, so I think, you know, for anyone who has a little money or is trying to figure out what to do with NFTs, I mean... As brutal as it sounds, a great entry point into the market, especially for higher end stuff, is going to be between February and April next year when people realize their tax burden and they have to sell off like prized possessions that are illiquid, right? You can't just sell some of your ETH to cover your taxes. You can't sell some of an X copy to handle your taxes. Now, you may or may not be able to fractionalize some of these pieces, which that's a whole different conversation. But like realistically, you can't just sell half of your X copy, right? Like you're going to have to sell the X copy. And so I think, yeah, I think early next year during tax season, there's going to be a lot of people with burdens they didn't see coming. And like, that's going to suck. And it's going to be not a great time for some people, but I think it's going to happen. And then, you know, the other thing is, 
there's a lot of tax software out there. I think some of it's good, some of it's not good. But the thing is, people just don't know what like what they should even be reporting. And the tax software is only as intuitive as it can be because it hasn't fully kept up with NFTs this year either. You know, I've chatted with several of the tax software companies at this point. I think some of them are on on board and some aren't. But yeah, basically working with some of the top tax attorneys and tax accountants in the world right now to put together the definitive like crypto, DeFi, and NFTs tax guide, in addition to some other goodies. So that'll be October 26th. We're going to drop that. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully it helps a lot of people out. That's huge. Awesome. That is going to be a game changer in the space. That's going to be massive. Excited. Super excited. Of course, I'll have to ape in and, and get that too. Totally. <laughs> All right. So we're hearing rumors about this epic yacht party you're throwing in November for apes and punk holders. How'd this come about? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, totally. So I think community is a great word. And when done well, it's it's really cool. So far with the pandemic and then just with like internet culture in general, it's not often that you have great opportunities for great in-person things with your like internet friends, basically. And between connections in Hollywood, connections in entertainment industry in general, LA, it's super easy for me and a couple of friends to like pull together an event, like not that difficult. And so what I started doing slowly was, and by the way, all of this is inspired by the Winklevoss twins and the party they put together during Bitcoin Miami. Like it's one of the greatest parties I've ever been to, but it wasn't just a bunch of nerds hanging out. It was like an actual event production put on professionally and invited like crypto people to come, come hang out. So yeah, so punks, I've invited punks to dinner. You were there, Justin. We're having another one this week. And there's just something about like being with a group of people who own cool cats or own apes or own punks where it's like, they're on the same page about certain things and it just makes the conversations more interesting and makes them flow and everybody feels good and comfortable. So we've got a partner we're working with that has this play in a warehouse in downtown LA. They said, we have 164 seats. I'm like, all right, so we'll do 164 punks and 164 apes back to back nights. And when you're not at the play, you're on the yachts. So we're going to have a yacht party in Marina Del Rey. We're going to have a play in downtown LA and we're going to have a big communal brunch on Sunday that's just punks and apes, 300 something people in a room. And it's going to be epic. So <laughs> that is yeah. epic. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. Well, I will be there. That'll be a blast. Totally. Amazing. Thanks for putting all this stuff together, dude. It's fantastic. Totally. Jacob, what are your feelings on an NFT project launching a token and the security issues around that? Token is. Token launch off of the back of a non-fungible token. So a fungible token off of the back of a non-fungible token is definitely going to get litigated sooner rather than later, right? Like it's, it is quite unclear how they will handle certain pieces of the puzzle, but it's also like pretty obvious how they are going to handle other pieces of the puzzle. So I don't really know how to answer the question much more than like consult a securities attorney before launching a fungible token into a market when the ICO market destroyed all of crypto for two years. So let's not do that again, preferably. But shout out to CyberConks. Banana token is amazing. That thing is crazy. That doesn't mean it's that doesn't mean it's good, bad, ugly, security, not a security, but it's right. it's crazy. Yeah. All right, Jacob. So NFT attorney advice. What do you tell somebody who's just aping into the NFT space 
They're hearing about it on our podcast. They're hearing about it from friends and they're brand new. How do you help them? Totally. I think, you know, if somebody's asking you, what's the quickest way I can grow three grand? What's the quickest way I can grow five grand? The answer is probably go to Vegas. Like that's probably the best possible answer. Like literally, (laughs) if you're like, I've got three grand and I want to have a really good time. What do I do? Just go to Vegas. Like three grand will buy you a really nice time in Vegas, right? Five grand will buy you like an even better time in Vegas. (laughs) But if you want to take three or five grand and you want to like buy some things that you're actually interested in having in your hands when the apocalypse comes or the next crypto winter comes and it's worth literally zero dollars, then totally look for projects with large holder counts or rabid fan bases or outsized utility or something that makes you happy to get in their discord or see their tweets or think about them, right? Like if there's something there that makes you smile, right? Things like that, like those, it's the same reason you would buy any art or the same reason you would support any specific like band or whatever, right? Like if you're just looking to take three grand and have a good time, go to Vegas. That's how I see it. Yep. Yeah, I like that. So Jake, if you gave us some of your favorite Twitter follows, but besides that, what are some of your other favorite sources of NFT alpha? And where do you go for alpha metrics for a project? Sure. So I definitely get the NFT Now newsletter, as well as William Peaster's, you know, bankless newsletter focused on NFTs and Andrew Steinwald's Zima Red newsletter. So those are three kind of newsletters that I get. Often I get them and instantly delete them because I don't just read three newsletters every day. But like if the title is catchy or if it's something interesting that happened in the market, I read those. Those are usually really great sources of really up-to-date market happenings. Additionally, Kevin Rose's podcast is always really solid. I use WGMI.io for like kind of floor tracking there's also like Crypto Slam and DGen Data and a couple of others that are all like useful. So I'm literally brain dumping you my like Notion spreadsheet workflow right now. But do you, honestly, do you keep everything in Notion? Is that how you track everything? More or less. That's awesome. And then this is, uh, yeah, that and just my like pinned websites on my web on my uh, on my Google links up here. But yeah, those are a bunch of good resources there for sure. And then Twitter, you know, Twitter's where it's at. So, well, okay, beyond all of that, Discord, you asked earlier, what Discord do I recommend? I think the Punks Discord isn't what it used to be because the market has grown so much that there's just a lot of noise in there as well. So the Discord really is in, or the Alpha really is in like smaller Discords, like owned by people that you like or you trust to be putting out good info. So you have to kind of suss those out for yourself though. Yeah, obviously you're going to be adding the NFT Heat podcast to your alpha as well. So nice, (laughs) or not? (laughs) I will. You asked where I've gotten it before now. Before now, I have not. That's right. You know, Jacob. Just a question. Since we did meet on LinkedIn, what do you think about LinkedIn? For me, I'm blowing up. I mean, I'm literally getting 50 to 100 messages a week. I mean, it's for me, it's just absolutely out of control. And I've just gotten my firm a major deal with a former MBA superstar just because of LinkedIn. Nice. Oh, no. LinkedIn for me is a great place to troll. I love trolling on LinkedIn. Mike Winkleman's on on LinkedIn now. People's just out here posting stuff for normies. 
I always refer to him as Sir Beeple and S-E-R, Sir Beeple, in all of his posts. And he likes them generally, which is really funny. So yeah, no, LinkedIn is, uh, yeah, I could say that I was probably getting like 40 or 50 page views a day. I mean, I mean, a week as like a lawyer, maybe less. Now I'm getting like 50 page views a day or more and like five or 10 friend requests and multiple messages, like just from very minimal posting. Like I'm not as active or putting out as much like good information as you are. I'm just kind of like, Hey, I was on a podcast or, Hey, I went to New York to do some stuff. And yeah, LinkedIn is like, wow, what's that? What's that world? That world's crazy. Yeah, LinkedIn actually shut my account down twice early on when ah. I started putting NFT because they thought I was like using a, a bot. <laughs> nice. Yeah, LinkedIn's probably not going to make it, to be fair. I don't know if they're going to make it in a Web3 world, but I hope you guys on listening to this were taking some notes because Jacob was dropping some, some major alpha in terms of some of the alpha metrics he's looking at. Really cool stuff. I was taking notes myself, so thank you for that. All right. Well, where are the big opportunities in the NFT space the next year? I mean, you, you kind of talked a little bit about PDE, a little bit of gaming stuff you just mentioned. What are your thoughts on that? And I mean, just overall, where are the opportunities? I think the opportunities are going to really be like gaming and DAOs are going to be the two big ones. I think, you know, we're going to see Epic is going to launch like a massive metaverse initiative with their, you know, Epic's doing a huge raids, Epic Games. So we're going to see some kind of like Fortnite entrance into the space. We're going to see Facebook make a legitimate entrance into the space. I don't know if those things will like make anyone any money, but it's going to be really interesting to see how the traditional market reacts to those things occurring. And like what kind of non-crypto native people it brings in. Right. So I, I just think probably metaverse focused things, not so much like art collecting or collectible collecting. I think those will have a slower upwards trajectory moving forward than like the right gaming asset or the right scarce like metaverse land or, or, you know, yeah, that's those, that's what I'm bullish on right now. DAOs, obviously I think DAOs are super interesting. Yeah. Super cool. So, I mean, just for our listeners who don't really know what a DAO is, would you mind just briefly explaining it? And also I know kind of, you know, there's so many tools that are being built right now for DAOs and kind of the set, the structure legally is a little bit questionable in terms of how to set it up. I mean, any, any thoughts on, on that and kind of moving forward in the DAO space? I know that's, you know, one of your areas of expertise. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we're looking at, we're seeing more companies try risky things with DAOs. I think that's probably a good way to put it. And risky isn't necessarily good, right? So risky is where the SEC likes to start messing with people. So I'm not 100% sure what the like, like I don't know how to recommend to the average consumer, oh, hey, here's a DAO you can join. I do think forming DAOs together and doing it with like sub 99 members, doing it you know, as an LLC underlying entity is interesting and has a long lifespan. Like I think there's a lot of room to grow there, but I'm not quite sure that joining a DAO is for everyone. And I'm not sure that building a DAO is for everyone. So it's definitely like, if you find something that you can get behind, that you're willing to put your time into, that you're willing to sink, like not just throw some money in and hope it goes up, but you want to actually build something with your friends. I think there's going to be a lot of groups that are really smart people. Like the group we're going to go to dinner with tomorrow night, Justin, where it's like the 16 of us could part-time build something amazing. 
for sure. Right? Yeah. 16 people put some money on the table, part-time build a thing together. It's going to be pretty cool, you know? And I think we're just going to see more people do that part-time and then just start shifting out of their roles at Hulu and Disney and, and Peloton and whatever and whatever, right? They're going to leave these big brands because they started something part-time with their friends and then some big VC offered them like $15 million just to join the room. You know, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that. It's exciting. Cool. Yeah. So Jacob, I'm going to be that guy, but I'm going to try and get some, some free legal and tax advice from you here. But <laughs> um, so I'm actually working with an Oscar award-winning director and producer on potentially using NFTs to pre-finance their film. I was curious if you could speak to someone about the legal and tax considerations that uh, you would have in this situation. Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no, I think I think what you're what you're looking at is there's a reason that you can't just, you know, so Indiegogo exists, GoFundMe exists, Kickstarter exists. Pre-funding something, not difficult. However, what people are wanting to do with NFTs is they're wanting to then distribute revenue to their pre-funders, right? They want to build a shared equity, a shared model of ownership of the underlying IP and of what happens next. Now, that is where we start getting into risky territory, sadly, right? Like we totally should be able to do that. But that's where we start getting into the territory of selling an unregistered security, aka X percent ownership of a company. And then by doing nothing, somebody else makes a movie and then you make money off the movie, right? You didn't do anything. You bought a thing. You expected it to go up in value. That's pretty simple. That's pretty clear cut. Like pretty simple and clear cut as in like, it's pretty simple and clear cut that like you can't or shouldn't, right? And so, you know, I think the advice would be talk to an attorney. The other advice would be, yeah, I think we're going to see, hopefully we're going to see some really interesting structures come up over the next little while. I think there's going to be more situations and opportunities like what you just described. And I think we're going to end up seeing someone solve for this in an interesting way. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but that's kind of the high level. Awesome. Cool. Free advice. You heard it here. And not kind of- advice. It's not advice. It's- that's right. It's not <laughs> advice. It's not, it's not funny. Not advice. <laughs> and what do you see as kind of some of the biggest mistakes happening in the space now? I mean, more and more people are hearing about NFTs. You know, what, what are kind of the mistakes you're seeing? I think it's probably about like anything else where people who don't understand what they're doing are aping too hard, too fast. While at the same time, other people are experiencing like two to three months worth of analysis paralysis because they can only spend their three grand once, right? So I think both of those are mistakes. And I think if that's where you're at, if you're like, I'm going to ape right now, even though I'm new, or you're like, oh my God, I can't ape until I've done due diligence for like months. Maybe you just shouldn't be like putting your money in here either way, right? Like if if you're not able to find like a comfortable thing that you like actually legitimately want to own, right? That you think is cool and you're willing to spend three grand on, even if it doesn't go up, then like you're not reading the market correctly anyway. So you're either looking for a lottery ticket or you're mad because you missed a different lottery ticket. So now you have FOMO and you're like freaking out, right? Like basically if you're viewing NFTs as lottery tickets or money go up, then like good luck. You know, I don't really know how else to say it. It's like, that's just not, we're not going to build the metaverse off the backs of people who come in to play the lottery. So 
if you, if you want to be a part of it and you want to build something, you want to grow something, you want to buy something, go for it, do it, whatever it may be. But don't expect uh, money go up to last forever because it won't. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Jacob, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate all of your fantastic insights and alpha. Where can fans find you on social media? Totally. So it's uh, at the NFT attorney on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, again, I'm not the NFT attorney, but that is my Twitter handle. Love it, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of your fantastic alpha, all of your advice. Super cool. Up until next week, when we have another NFT thought leader popping in with some more alpha, get collecting, get learning and get growing. A huge thank you to two of the creative engines behind this show. First, to LaFlex for the super smooth intro and outro music. What you're hearing is the song Love to You off his 2019 album Flex Appeal. And lastly, a big thank you to Bernardo Rodriguez for the awesome logo for the show. You can check him out on Instagram at Art of Bernardo. Everyone, we just want to give you a massive thank you for listening to NFT Heat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NFT Heat, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye.